The information provided by Munro Partners is for educational purposes only and is not intended to include or constitute financial product advice. You should obtain independent advice from an Australian Financial Services licensee before making any investment decision. Welcome to the Invest in the Journey podcast. My name is Taylor Bree Casey and I'm the Communications Manager here at Munro Partners. In this episode, I'm joined by partner and portfolio manager, Jeremy Gibson, to discuss a long-only strategy. Our tagline at Munro is invest in the journey. And so we'll be chatting through the journey that this strategy has been through, including how the fund changed up its portfolio during COVID and again in the most recent drawdown. And then finally, the journey ahead. Welcome, Jeremy. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Jeremy, before we dive into the concentrated fund, could you give some background on Munro's investment philosophy and process as it relates to long only? Sure. So um, Munro has a growth philosophy. We believe that one, earnings growth drives stock prices. Two, sustained earnings growth is worth more than cyclical growth. And three, the market will often misprice growth and its sustainability. And what we mean by that is that the market and sell side analysts often have growth reverting back to the mean, whereas we believe these structurally growing companies can have higher growth for longer. Our philosophy is to be invested in the best global growth stocks across a diverse number of themes or areas of interest, as we like to call them, which you could think about as our version of sectors. And as a long-only fund, we're going to be fully invested at all times with a maximum cash balance of 10% and the fund's offshore currency exposure is unhedged. And can you maybe elaborate on what, you, uh, what it means to be a relative return fund? As a long-only fund or relative return fund, people will assess us relative to a benchmark. So think of the, the MSCI global um, benchmarks or one of these other um, global equity indices. Um, however, we would categorise ourselves as index unaware, which basically means we're trying to invest in the best stocks we can find globally with the best risk-return characteristics across a variety of these themes or areas of interest. And why that's important is we're not trying to cover every stock listed globally. We're focusing on our areas of structural growth and we build up a high level of expertise in these areas, which enables us to pick the winners in the space. This is the process that has proven repeatable over a long period of time. And I can give you an example of this. Um, one structurally growing area that we're particularly keen on is, is digital enterprise. Um, we found this area back in late 2017 that a few of us had been to conferences across the, the globe, so one in the US, one in Europe and Asia, and the consistent message from these companies presenting at these conferences was digital transformation. So we built out it, um, all the kind of names in this area and, and across different subgroups like pl- public cloud companies, software as a service companies and IT service companies. Um, and as a, as a result, we invested in ServiceNow, which is a software as a service company. It's basically the market leader in IT management software, which effectively is software that automates and assists the function of an IT help desk. Um, and we're still invested in this uh, in this position today. It's it's been a great stock for us, and but we still believe it's got a long growth runway ahead of it. Um, they have very high free cash flow margins at what we regard as a reasonable valuation multiple. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Munro is pretty excited to launch our most recent ETF, which has the ticket code MCGG, which provides investors access to our long-only strategy as it tracks the Munro Concentrated Global Growth Fund. Uh, why was it important for Munro to launch a relative return fund? 
Yeah, the launch of the long only or relative return product effectively came from client demand. So a lot of the clients wanted to be fully invested at all times. Um, so yeah, we, we basically came up with this product to, to fit that need. Uh, we would expect the long only fund to have higher peaks but larger drawdowns than the long short product. Um, and it, but yeah, it effectively gives the clients a choice of whether they want to manage market exposure themselves via the long only product or ask Munro to manage the market exposure via the long short product. And why was it important for Munro to launch this product as an ETF? It's basically democratising access to the fund. So ETFs provide a simpler, more convenient way for investors to access the product. So you can just buy it like a stock listed on the ASX. Um, and as you mentioned before, the ticker is MCGG. So what differentiates Munro compared to its peers in this long-only space? So Munro's heritage is in the long-short space, but we've always looked for long-term holdings on the long side in that product. The long-only product is effectively a portfolio of these best long-term ideas. And how we are different from peers is that we focus on a subsector of global equities, though that is companies that are growing structurally regardless of the macro backdrop. We are now domain experts in these structurally growing areas and we've got very effective risk management processes that we've developed as part of our long-short heritage, which includes the use of stop losses so that we don't register large capital losses on individual stock positions. Uh, and for those who don't know, what do you mean by active management? So active management means that we're actively constructing a concentrated portfolio of best ideas with idiosyncratic growth drivers, whereas passive management is effectively investing in the market index. So a large number of stocks that don't change in name or significant position size on a regular basis. So you could say it's almost like someone's uh, behind the wheel driving. Yes, that's a good uh, analogy. So being an active manager means you have the ability to practice some risk management measures. You mentioned stop losses earlier. Can you maybe uh, give us a bit of a deep dive into how stop losses work for this strategy? Absolutely, yeah. So the stop loss process is a discipline process um, and the way it works is if a holding in the long-only fund falls either 20% from peak or 20% from cost, it is formally reviewed. So what that means is the stock champion has to repitch the idea to the rest of the investment team and if anyone in the team doesn't agree with the investment thesis, then the position is triggered, which means we would sell the then sell the position. So it's not a hard stop loss. It doesn't automatically mean we sell the, the stock when it falls 20%, but we formally review the position. In a bear market, there are often many stocks down 20% from peak, so certain stocks will be defended by the various stock champions. Over the journey, we've found it to be a very, very helpful part of our risk management process. Okay, you've provided some good context around what the fund is. Uh, maybe now we talk about how this actually works in practice. Uh, being an actively managed fund means that you are able to make some important impactful changes to the portfolio. What changes did you make during the height of the pandemic? So shortly after the, uh, the pandemic began, we sold out of uh, stocks that were going to be adversely affected by lockdowns and store closures and the like. And we invested in stocks that were potential beneficiaries. Um, and that led us to increasing our technology sp exposure via internet and software stocks that, were, that seemed to be obvious winners through such an environment. Uh, and then bringing it to today, can you tell us what changes you've made to the portfolio since the beginning of 2022? Sure. So the changes really began in Q1 2021. We sort of shifted away from unprofitable tech to tech names that were generating free cash flow and had valuation support from an EV to free cash flow valuation metric. 
which in layman terms is similar to a price to earnings or PE multiple. Um, examples of things that we've sold out of are free. It's our favourite Japanese accounting software as a service provider. It's similar to what Zero does in Australia and New Zealand. Um, it, was a high, it was in its high growth phase, but it's uh, loss making. So instead, we sort of consolidated around names such as Microsoft and ServiceNow that are still growing at a fast rate but have high free cash flow margins, which gives you that valuation support. Other changes uh, we made were to dial down the overall tech weights in favour of two areas, agriculture, which is part of our climate thematic, and healthcare. And can you maybe provide a bit of an outlook of how this fund is positioned for the months and years ahead? Sure. As many listeners will be aware, we're currently in a bear market. Um, And as a reminder, a bear market is classified as a 20% fall from peak in equity markets. We've experienced many bear markets over the journey. It's a time when discipline trumps conviction. So the fund has been high grading the portfolio over recent months and remains focused on finding structurally growing companies with resilient earnings and strong balance sheets. As I mentioned um, in the previous question, uh, the innovative health area is one that we've increased our exposure to. So two key sub areas in innovative health are the shift to value-based care and also the shift to biologic drugs. Names that fit these two sub-segments are United Health that is taking cost out of the US healthcare system via their managed care and technology offerings, and Danaher, which is the leading bioprocessing manufacturer. The other areas of interest where we have the highest exposures are digital enterprise, digital payments, and climate. In terms of market outlook, the signposts we're looking for to signal the end of this current bear market include stabilisation of long-term bond yields, which we've started to see since May, Attractive valuation multiples, we have started to see some compelling opportunities in stocks that we have previously disregarded on valuation grounds. Earnings expectations become reset lower. This process has begun, but but we believe there is further cuts to come. And then the last one's just time. There will be a time when the market's prepared to look through the valley on the earnings cuts and see the recovery is not in the too distant horizon, at which we'll start to get priced in. Longer term, we're very excited about the opportunities presenting themselves from this bear market and we remain focused on finding the great idiosyncratic growth stocks out there. Sounds like a very interesting journey ahead. Thank you for your time today, Jeremy. And for anyone who might want to learn more about the funds mentioned today, they are all available on our website. Uh, And until next time. Peace out.